Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Bully Ray, and the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer and I, all talk about AEW Dynamite from last night, Grand Slam Live from Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. And there's a lot to get into. How about a new AEW World Heavyweight Champion in John Moxley? The right choice? We talk about it. Also, we have a new Ring of Honor World Champion, Chris Jericho. Do you like it? We'll talk about it. And also, we get into the king of the microphone, MJF, right now. Oh, yeah. On the Busted Open Podcast. Guys, let's start from the beginning. And that is probably the biggest news of all. And that is we have a new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And his name is John Moxley. Again. Again. <laughs> Hopefully this time it, uh, it lasts for a while. And I and Tommy, I think you would agree that was probably the best match that we saw last night on Dynamite. Man, those two guys tore it up. Uh, what would you expect from the you know those two guys? They have uh, they're they're great. They're on top of their game, and I love the crowd. Uh, before when you were talking about it, why I said ECW Queens, and, and then you touched upon it. Um, I've been to Arthur Ashe. I, I tried out to be a ball boy once, and um, it, it's that. But that requires a lot of running. Yeah, no, that's why I didn't get the job. Okay. Um, it's the acoustics or it's that mosh pit feel and then everything is in the middle. And that feeling of people being on top of you, you can see it uh, if you go and look on Peacock or YouTube. But it has that same vibe. And it's almost like all the energy is focused on the middle. And when it's coming at you, it's focused to the middle. And when you're doing stuff, it, it blows out. And it's just uh, an amazing, an amazing feeling. Back to the match. A different type of match. Uh, kind of a, at times, pro wrestling meets UFC, that hybrid. And, and the fans were so, so into it. You know, and, and it wasn't like um, a typical WWE type of world title match. And that's a different style. But this is why at times, and, and I don't want to say there's a divide because there isn't, but it's just different styles. Uh, it's, you know, uh, a new Japan type of style and the fans really, really were into it. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. Just because 
of that mixture and going for different submission holds. There wasn't like, there was a nice false finish leading into it. And then it was almost like UFC style. He choked him out. And it was uh, like when he went up and I thought, was, oh, they're going to do the Bret Hart uh, finish here. Nope. Kicked out, spin around, choke him out. It was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. And no, pull, one oh, of the things that I found a little shocking, though, Dave, um, at the end of the match was the response to Moxley going over. There wasn't like a huge pop. I'd say 50 percent of the place, you know, you know, came out of their seats. And that just maybe that just says that 50 percent of the people wanted to see, you know, Danielson going over. But it wasn't a tremendous response. And I think I think that was indicative of the people being worn out from the punk situation. And unfortunately, I think it kind of carried over to Mox last night. Mox has been doing a phenomenal job. We've been doing nothing but putting him over on the show. I just think that with, you know, Punk winning the championship and then Mox having to, you know, the interim champion and then, you know, Punk coming back and then the match and then leaving and then another interim champion. Like, I think that it kind of just rolled over a little bit into last night. I almost feel like the people wanted Danielson to win last night just for something new and fresh that's been going on for the past couple of months. Did What do you guys think about that? That's an interesting point. I, I kind of looked at it a little bit differently. I think the crowd was split between Moxley and Danielson. I think... I think whenever you're in a scenario, guys, where you have two baby faces, two baby faces that are loved by the AEW faithful, you're going to have that kind of reaction. It's funny, Bully, because, you know, we spoke to Tony Khan on the show yesterday. We we referenced all the things that have been happening with him and AEW over the last few weeks, and we talked about that in depth. And I really felt last night Bully was a turning of the page, almost like a new chapter in the book of AEW. And I was interested to see what the crowd reaction was going to be. If we were going to get punk chants, if we were going to get signs for punk, if I was going to see CM Punk t-shirts, at least from my eyes, I didn't see any of that. I didn't hear any punk chants. I didn't see any punk signs or shirts. I really feel right now that the AEW fan base wants to move on from punk. I really feel like, yeah, like they're, they're looking forward to this new era of AEW. I, I agree with you, but this is now what the third time they've seen Moxley win the championship or the second time they've seen him win the championship in in a very short amount of time. So mm -hmm. it's not like this. It's not like this shock, like, Oh my God. Yes. Finally. It's like, okay, we were here just a couple of months ago. We've kind of seen this. We already popped as loud as we could for this. So yeah, we're happy about it now, but not nearly as happy as we would have been if it was the first time. So I think that, that that's the residual that Punk dealt with last night. Also, yeah, the crowd being 50-50. But last night after the show is over, you know, normally I put the thumbs up, thumbs down. I think it was 75-25 thumbs up to thumbs down last night in the old Twitter machine. I did see a lot of people talking about how they would have rather have seen Danielson win. And I was, I was like, wow, this is, you know, interesting. Listen, social media is, is the vocal minority it's the one percenters it's kind of like the ratings on tv but it's it's all we it's really have to gauge. go by it's still a gauge and i and mm. you know what? it's an interesting take because bully we have seen it before so you're never going to get the same feeling like you did the first time i actually think a lot of people in that stadium last night were 
really thinking Brian Danielson was going to win that title. I think a lot of people thought it was almost a foregone conclusion that Brian Danielson was going to win that title. But, Tommy, I think now what they're doing is they're looking forward to, like Bully said, kind of cleansing their palate and now looking forward to this story between the champion and MJF. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's the bigger story with Moxley and MJF. And Dave, let me ask you, when Moxley won, what was that reaction? Because I get what you said about the match, but what about when he won? I think I think a lot of people were expecting Brian Danielson. It's still got a good pop. I Listen, I've always said that John Moxley's the the face of AEW. I said that when CM Punk was still in AEW, I felt John Moxley was right. the face of the company. But, you know, we saw new champions with the acclaimed, and we saw a debut of Soraya in AEW. We've seen John Moxley, like Bully said, win that championship before, so it wasn't going to get that type of a pop. Plus, I think the it was split, where there was 50% of the crowd wanting to see it to go the other way. And, and Brian Danielson is beloved. Yes. You know, uh, he's a beloved uh, wrestler. He's a beloved performer. I mean, hell, he started a movement. And he is just a phenomenal talent. I, I get what both you guys are saying, but if I'm going bigger picture, I'm looking at Moxley versus MJF. The seeds have already been planted. And uh, I think that's, you know, it, it's going to be a big match feel as well as I got to put over the commentators. They all did a great job, uh, especially Taz, uh, who's been firing on all cylinders and Excalibur. Uh, about just different styles and techniques because it was a different match. And, and I love when the commentators bounce off of each other and asking different things or positioning, grabbing the wrist or how they're countering with the wrists because wrist control is massive when you're having matches like that. But the, uh, the end result, we have a new AEW champion. Yes, it is for a third time, but I don't think that ever affected the John Cena's, the Ric Flair's, or how many times they've won those titles. And then I also look at it if I'm Tony Khan. Well, um, I've done the summer. I did really, really well with this guy as my champ. And uh, I just, you know, even though he wasn't my champ, but he, he's he's a guy who stood behind the company through everything. It's, it's a, I feel, a smart move because I could also always go back to Brian Danielson when the time is right. Because think about an MJF Brian Danielson on the tail end of that. And there's also the other story with, you know, Garcia, Danielson, now Jericho, uh, Jericho with that title, Danielson may be wanting to, to go after it. There's a lot of different stories interwoven uh, in between all this. And think about it. You mentioned Tony Khan and bully. Like you look at the foundation of this company, you know, you look at, you know, Cody Rhodes now gone CM Punk, for the time being is gone. The young bucks for the time being are not there. Kenny Omega right now is not there. Like a lot of the big stars that have really been the catalyst of how we've seen AEW move forward are not there right now. So I think that was a, a loud statement and a big statement with this show that we saw last night. And I think the powers that be have to really sit up and take notice of that. You know, past three weeks, they've been over a million. Yes. Past two weeks or three weeks? Three weeks. Past three weeks, over a million. Last night's show should do a big number from them. The only real competition, I believe, last night is you got people might be tuning in to see if Aaron Judge 
you know, breaks the record. That's on the Yes Network. Not sure how many people have it or whatever, but that to me seems to be the only competition. I think the AEW diehard fan was glued last night. Should be another great rating. I mean, and what does this say? I mean, Kenny, Punk, the Bucks are not around. It's really not a big deal, is it? Yeah, and, and Tony mentioned it in the interview yesterday that, you know, I asked him straight up, what lessons has he learned over the last few weeks? And he talked about that roster that's there. How many people stepped up and came to him and said, you know, we believe in you. We believe in this company. We want this to work out. And guys, you know better than anybody. You are part of ECW. You had that us against them mentality. And that's why that company succeeded. And that's why you had that loyal fan base like you did. I think we I, I think listening to Tony, and Tony was a fan of ECW, there was some of that mentality in what we've seen the last few weeks at AEW. Hold on, Tommy. The trickle-down effect, and Tommy, you can back me up on this. The Dave, the trickle-down effect of loyalty. Mm in ECW, you can probably make the same case for some of the talents in AEW. The fan base was so loyal to the ECW product and wrestlers. And in turn, the wrestlers were extremely loyal to Paul. When Paul would go out there and he would, you know, say what he had to say to the locker room, you wanted to go into battle for him. You felt like one of the 300. You know, you felt like a, a, a warrior. You know, I almost remember the scene in Predator, Dave, when Billy, the Indian guy, right, turns around. He decides not to yeah. run with Schwarzenegger. Yep. He decides to turn around on the bridge, takes his knife, cuts his own chest open and chooses. I'm getting goosebumps again. Chooses to fight the Predator. Yep. That's what every talent in the ECW locker room was like. We were willing to just destroy ourselves for the betterment of the company. And I'm seeing that from AEW talent, not necessarily destroying themselves, but going out there and leaving it all out there in the ring because of their loyalty to the product, whether it be to Tony, the fan base. And when that all comes together, you get the dynamic and the energy that you had in that building last night. Tommy. Um, real quick. Uh, I'm going from experience and, and, and a lesson that I was taught from Paul Heyman. When the ECW title, Mike Awesome tried leaving, um, and, and then there was a, an injunction. Uh, they send in U.S. Marshals. He was going to throw the ECW title in the trash. And then Taz had to come, and there was a lot of legal issues. Taz beat Mike Awesome. And then it was, you know, me versus Taz. And as a lot of people know, I never wanted to win uh, a world title. That was just me. And Paul literally stopped and he said, Tommy, I have to put it on you because I have to give this title some stability. And even though I wasn't holding it long, he goes, it has to be you for that stability and for the connection with the people. And that's also why I say you go with John Moxley. So it's the right call. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchick's Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchick's Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. Your new champions, the acclaimed. There was a chance we thought we were going to see it in Chicago. Didn't happen, but it happened in their hometown last night in New York City. Guys, we'll start with you, Bully. What did you think of that match last night? And your new champions, the acclaimed. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to do a little freestyle here, okay, David? Go ahead. Listen, listen. Bully Ray is jacked in tan. I think he subscribes to Gabby's OnlyFans. I didn't see Matt Hardy. I think he needs to become broken. I'm Tommy Dreamer with Dave LaGreca on Busted Open. Oh! Busted Open Nation! The Fat and the Furious has arrived! Scissor me, fatty! (laughs) Well done, gentlemen. Well done. That was actually great, Tommy. I think you got a new gimmick now. Bowens has no clue the world if Tommy Dreamer becomes a heel now. Oh, he has no clue. (laughs) Scissor me, fatty. My friend, the water buffalo, big fan of the scissoring. Uh, uh, Dave, I just got to point this out. Also, David, my sister texted me and she said, uh, thank you uh, for the compliment of her ass. Wow. This show is gone. Have you ever seen Tommy's sister? I am. Um, <laughs> I don't even know I have a sister. <laughs> yeah, like I said. So listen, first things. First, Abigail. I, I don't <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, I don't need to get into this too much. But when you hear Taz say the ref didn't see that either you know something's too much ref not seeing shit is going on. And because was, now Taz yeah. has to protect himself as an announcer, as we've seen JR do in the past. So congratulations to the acclaimed on winning the AEW World Tag Team Championships. To me, this is a tale of two matches. It, it got a little clunky at times. It got a little wonky at times. At the end of the day, they got the job done. And the last thing that we remember is the finish. And that place went buck wild for the acclaim winning. And technically, that's all that matters. But I'm here to analyze and dissect. They had the people in the palm of their hands when Keith Lee was down in the middle of the ring and Caster and Bowens went up to the top ropes to, uh, you know, to, to, to hit their finish. And then they did, wait, wait, what was it? The uh, the superplex, and then we're waiting on Bowens to come down. One of them to come down. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. 
and he fell off and he hurts his knee. That took the people way, way down. Yeah, and I, Dave, I know you want to say yeah, something. Yeah, and, and and I just want to rewind because you said it's a tale of two matches. In Chicago, it was Anthony Bowens that fell off the top rope and was selling the knee, and people thought he actually re-injured his knee. And then we saw what took place last night with Max Caster. It was the same, it was the same scenario, just different teammates. But Bully, the fans around me at that time, like they legit thought. Max Caster got injured. Everybody around me was like, oh, shit. Because it came out of nowhere, and they thought it, he legitimately got hurt. And you, and you, it's almost like you let the air out of that balloon. Like, the energy in that arena last night, completely gone after that spot, to back up your point. Doing it in the first match, I get. Doing it in the second match, at that very moment, uh-uh. You had them. They were right there. They were ready to be taken. That was your moment. The people were ready to count one, two, three, and they were ready to explode. That was the finish right there. The pop right at that very moment would have been bigger than the pop that they got. Okay. Now, after that happened, things started to break down a little in that ring. Things got a little bit more wonky. And then we get the interference from Billy Gunn. So what I want to know is why did the babyface team in their hometown of New York need Billy Gunn to hit a famouser on the outside to help them win? Tommy, what do you think? Other than the fact that it's sports entertainment. And it got a pop. Um, I look at it, you know, from a very, very sports based. Um, you look at the Giants, the Giants won. They won the game. The people popped for them. They threw interceptions. They fumbled. It wasn't the best game, but in the end, they still won. And if you're a Giants fan, just like you're an acclaimed fan, you're going to go nuts for it. And I'm very, very happy for those guys. I've worked with three out of the four of them. And for, for Bowens especially, he, he's, he's paved a long, long path for himself and finally be recognized. Uh, I'm very, very happy for those two guys. I, I feel they really, really – they, they were cast in a comedy role and got over. And I, like I said before, the addition with uh, Billy Gunn, they're the modern-day New Age Outlaws. And the, the New Age Outlaws made a lot of money for WWE. And I think the acclaimed, I, I just you see how the people listen to them when they walk out. And they're, they're so entertaining. And they're very, very uh, good in the ring. And uh, it, they're doing a lot of good stuff. And, and I'm very, very happy to see homegrown talents like that come up the way they did. And, you know, they've been there for a while and they've gone through injuries, but guess what? Now they're the champions and they're on top of the tag division and, and kudos to them. This is not Monday morning booking. This is a suggestion that I would have made to them right off Correct. the bat. Um, I, I, seriously, Dave, in the beginning of the match, there, there could have been something where Swerve or Keith Lee drops Billy Gunn on the outside and drops him good. It could have been something where Keith Lee was running after one of the acclaimed guys on the outside. Acclaimed guy moves out of the way, and Keith Lee just mows down Billy Gunn. And Billy's down, and Billy stays down until the time is right for him to come back up. Hit that famous, sir. There's your tit for tat. There's your receipt. Throw the guy back in the ring. Bang, acclaimed hit there, finish. There it is. 
there's the flow, there's the rhythm, there's the ebb, the flow of the match, and you take it right there. If you go back and listen to that match, listen to how high the people are at that very moment, and then listen to the wind come out of their sails. You have to work doubly hard to get them back to where you want them, and you might not get the pop that you would have gotten in that first moment. It's kind of like, you know, I always re equate wrestling to a good romantic experience, you know, just to put it, you know, lightly. You know, it's almost like, hey, you know, just let's just say, Dave, you're with Violetta and, you know, or you, you're with your girlfriend or whatever. And, you know, you're, uh, you well, know, well, you let's, make that, let's make, make that clear. When you mentioned my name and you said Violetta or your girlfriend, there is no girlfriend. I just have Violetta. Okay. I meant the Kumar. My, the Kumar. Um, my <laughs> wife listens to the show, Bully. You know, so hey, everything's going brother. on, everything's going on, and everything is at a fever pitch, and then you say, uh, hey, do you mind if I kiss you? Ugh, that's the worst thing in the world. Then, th then the air is let out of, uh, out of the room, and that's what happened last night. It's almost like the acclaimed took it one step too far. Um, I am happy for them. All of that uh, good stuff that Tommy said, end result, good. Match, little choppy. They got to the finish. I wish whoever their agent was would have helped tighten that up a bit. That's my take. Uh, but I do agree it's 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 a tale of two matches. The acclaimed have always been popular. The acclaimed always get a reaction from the crowd. But, man, what we saw in Chicago at All Out, and I talked to you both about it afterwards, like would you have changed the outcome of that match just because that Chicago crowd was as hot as they were at All Out? I think it was the right decision to have it happen in New York. They're from New York. They're from this area. Max Caster from New York. Anthony Bowens from New Jersey. So that was a huge reaction from that crowd. And I agree. It's kind of like the Yankees win with a walk-off home run or the Yankees just having that final strikeout to win the game. It's going to be a different type of a reaction, but man, it's good to have the acclaimed. And, and it, it really is an example of homegrown talent now in AEW getting over and being one of the pieces why people want to tune in to Wednesday Night Dynamite. Yes, fun show. Uh, and you know, Bully Bully has talks from experience. And, you know, you're talking to the most decorated tag team champion of all time. So, of course, he's going to be uh, uber critical, just like myself. But the the one thing he always says, and I remember this because he, he talked about going over on his time uh, on a Raw. And Vince McMahon straight up saying, if you ever do that again, make sure it's as good. If not you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And he didn't do that. But that's coming from your boss. And, and this is just coming. You have to listen and, and learn from your experiences. And especially you have to listen if you open up by telling people to listen. That's the best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. There's probably nobody better in pro wrestling on the microphone than MJF. That agreed. But the thing I, the issue, the point I think we need to make this morning is whether or not we thought Wheeler Yuta did a good enough job to hang with MJF last night. So Tommy, I'll go to you first. What did you think? Um, to answer your question, no. Here is the, the counter to that. You need a great baby face to counter a great heel. Wheeler Yuta isn't there yet. Plus, uh, he's known as a great wrestler. And kudos to him to have the balls to be standing there. But sometimes those decisions can come back and hurt you. Um, and he stood his ground. You think about what a great wrestler does. A great wrestler beats you with his wrestling. The, the slap got it and got the people. But you have to be so, so careful because, I mean, comedians will tell you, Dave, you could tell us dying on the stage or dying on a radio because your job is to talk and communicate. Did he do a good job with his words? Yes, he did. But you need someone super duper strong to have a battle of the words. I will go to the man himself, Dusty Rhodes. Nobody can crack whip with me. And he said that to me. And then he said, you're Tommy Dreamer. Nobody can crack whip with you. And I was like, I'm done right then and there. And I learned a valuable lesson. Matt Cardona tried to crack whip with me on the end of, on NWA power last week. And look what happened to him. Fuck that. How about calling into this show last week and trying to go head-to-head with you on the air? Matt Cardona should stick to social media because that's where he can crack his whip. Because you can delete it and then retype it and and then delete it and retype it. But then don't come on and start trying to cut promos because once you go into your bro or all that stuff, you're out. Yeah. And again, kudos to Wheeler Yuta, but you're in a bad place where that's going to be something because if you really think about it, you're, he's a mod. And I've said this before, MJF's a modern day Roddy Piper. And you look at his, how he just stands there and he could say anything. And the people are now responding in a positive way. They'll get him to think of when he was there with Moxley, when Moxley burned him, what did he do? He turned around and he left like a coward to get his booze. Because then at the time, you cannot retort 
back to your person, and then you just showed your ass. So, Dave, this is the way I looked at it last night. Mm-hmm. We always go back to Rocky, right? Yep. Last night, Wheeler Yuta was Rocky Balboa. And what was Rocky Balboa's number one goal in his fight against Apollo Creed in Rocky One? He wanted to go to distance. Wheeler Yuta went the distance with MJF last night. Now, nobody, a small handful of people in this entire wrestling business are going to be able to stand toe-to-toe on the microphone with MJF. Verbal blow for verbal blow. And I'm not saying that Wheeler Yuta was able to match even one verbal blow with MJF last night, but he hung his ground. He didn't stammer. He didn't trip over his words. He stood his ground. He spoke with conviction. His tone, his inflection, it was all there. I was about to pick up my Twitter machine and tweet out, this is like bringing a wet noodle to a gunfight. But then I put my phone down and I'm like, wait a minute. Wheeler's doing okay here. Listen, Rocky Balboa did not match Apollo Creed shot for shot. Apollo was landing at will. Jabs, right hooks, uppercuts. But Rocky took it. And every once in a while, Rocky came back with a shot of his own that stunned Apollo. And when MJF talked about Regal, Popping pills, whack. Wheeler caught him with that shot and knocked him down, just like Rocky knocked down Apollo in that first round. Now, I wish Wheeler, and this is all about feel, and this is where being a veteran comes in. I wish Wheeler would have waited a half a second longer because when MJF got that line out about regal pop and pills, you really want to soak that in from the crowd, the crowd going, Oh, and just as the crowd comes down just a little bit, wham, there's that right hand out of nowhere, just a half a click more. I give Wheeler you to a thumbs up last night. I thought he stood his ground And let me tell you something. You know how I feel about MJF. You know how I feel about promos. And there ain't a motherfucker on this planet who can stand toe-to-toe with me when it comes to a promo. That's how confident I am in what I can do with a live microphone, whether it's Chris Jericho, MJF, John Mosley, your sister's ass, Roman Reigns. I'll even verbally decimate Paul Heyman. But Wheeler Yuta did a good job last night. Good for that kid. He took a step forward in in one of the most important aspects of this business, which is a live microphone. And Dave, uh, if if I could go, we all witnessed it because I remember me and Bubba were talking about it. Um, Do you remember when they had The Rock uh, come out with Roman in Philadelphia? Yes. To the point where Rock like kind of walked away, like because they're trying to push him as a baby face and you have The Rock endorsing you. Did that affect Roman Reigns right then and there? Eh, maybe. In the long term, it's a learning experience. And look at the the work and the praise of Roman Reigns. That's the same, like I said, kudos to Wheeler Yuta to be in that situation and not fail. But you're not going to win when you're in that with MJF right now. But that's something to go back to. Obviously, they'll be having a match somewhere. 
MJF does need a good match. He's the good person to have that match with. But there's very few that could crack whip with MJF. He is so on his game right now. And, and he also-, also shops at my favorite place. Where is that, Andre? Cucks are us. <laughs> Thank you. Bingo. Oh, uh, I thought it was forget about it. Um, <laughs> wait, Dave. So I know that today at the beginning of the show or right before the show and on the air, I don't think you were so high on Wheeler Yuta. And I said I was going to take my, my save my take for the show. What do you think about Wheeler Yuta's performance on the microphone last night after hearing what I have to say? I still don't think it was strong. Again, I, I understand where you're coming from, that you just want to go to distance with the champion. But listen, obviously it was a tough atmosphere. That New York crowd is going to get, be behind MJF. And it wasn't until MJF got physical with Tony Schiavone that he actually started to get some booze. But I thought that Wheeler Yuta felt a little uncomfortable. I felt I thought he went someplace that he didn't need to go when he talked about uh, MJF getting engaged. Like, you went there, and then you pulled back from it. Because like you just said, Bully, if you're going to bring the gun, you got to pull the trigger. And I felt like throwing that out there, why? If you're not going to go there, and you're just going to tease it, you probably shouldn't throw it out there to begin with. And you and you and you had MJF for a second. If you go back and watch, you had MJF was ignoring you. Then you mentioned that and you grabbed MJF's attention. He tilted his head and then Wheeler Yuta pulled back. That would have been a MJF has said some very disparaging things about women. Yes. On that show. He has, he has used words on that show that I've even been like, wow, I can't even believe they let him get away with that. If I was Wheeler Yuta, I would have been like, and for those of you who don't know, MJF got engaged this past weekend. Tell us, Max, what is the rat's name? Like those people would have lost it because that would have been that shot from Wheeler Yuta that nobody would have expected. And Bully, I mean, let's be fair here, and Tommy as well. MJF has gone there. I mean, MJF has gone there in that promo, but MJF has crossed that line many times. Again, if you're going to throw it out, listen, if he's going to play the good guy routine, then don't throw it out there to begin with. But once you threw it out there, you got to follow through. And he didn't follow through. And the other thing he did too, I thought he tried to chase the hug a little bit last night and it didn't work. Like he said that like, you know, she's going to see the true you like we do when you turned your back on us. Come on now. MJF never turned his back on us. We knew he's the devil and we fell into that devil's trap. I thought that was a little bit of trying to chase the hug to that New York crowd last night. Um, If I could talk about the the bigger thing, who was your, I don't want to say your foil, but your fawn, Tony Schiavone. Yeah. The moment Schiavone got hit or pushed, they responded for Yuta when he leg dove and took down MJF, which was good stuff. Um, my other part of that, where you literally, and I don't know who, you have to go back and look at this show and maybe not show the segment um, right after, even though they said earlier today, and then I don't have Tony Schiavone come back because uh, I know he just got pushed and it looked like an awkward fall, but I take it away. If you come back, I feel it takes away from MJF. 
And, and I seriously was trying to find the Gordon Stoley footage when he got pushed by Morocco with Piper. I don't know. He never took a bump, but I, I think I, cause I was trying to go back to it, but it's like, did he continue to call the match after that happened with Piper and Morocco back in the day? I don't remember, but I just feel he did him it. not he being did. there he did would it. have been a little better. I don't think the push was that bad, Tommy. No, I agree. But I'm like I said, if I have to look at it, I won. I moved that segment where it says previously recorded, like with Tony Schiavone. I moved that interview segment. Oh, without a doubt. Without a and doubt. Back to back. I don't have him come back right away. I have him. Yeah, I, I, me personally, I just don't have him there. But that's just me. Tommy, I, I'm going to give a suggestion right now about something completely out of left field. And I don't have a good out for it, but I just want to hear what you guys think. I think they missed a massive moment when MJF shoved Shivani to the ground. What was the massive moment? And let's see, once again, Tommy, if me and you share the same fat brain. I don't understand the question. What's when MJF shoves him to the ground, who should have come to Shivani's rescue? Fatty Taz. Ding, ding, ding. Circle gets the mother truck and square. Again, I hate you. <laughs> exactly. Could you yeah, imagine please. if Taz would have taken the headphones off and yep. gotten in MJF's face? That place would have lost it because yep. that's the place to do it. Oh, and Taz would come to Shivani's rescue because it's a fellow commentator. I hated the fact that he got shoved to the floor and not one person... In that situation, Tony Schiavone, Tony Schiavone is a beloved older man. Like, you just shoved down this beloved older man and not one person came to his rescue? Yeah, I know Wheeler Yuta, double-legged MDF, but then you got three lackeys who came out from the back who looked so effing stupid. The, the, the security that they sent out last night was abysmal. I, they looked like Keystone Cops. I thought it completely took away from the, where was it not took away? It was a distraction from the segment. But I think man, I lost to two of those security guards on the Indies, by the way. You still got paid, right? Pin me, pay me. Job squad, one, two, three. <laughs> um, my God, if Taz would have stood up and Off. gotten an MJF's face, you could have recreated Roddy Piper, Don Morocco. It literally, you had Georgia Championship Wrestling at your grasp. There's no payoff because Taz can't wrestle, but. Hey, then you also have the other thing, Hook. Yeah, Hook can come to Hook can be, you know, that future booking. There you yep. go, Hook MJF for the world. But what Cup. do I know? Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.